Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and KWBY, and again on Saturday morning at 9 on KATX and KWBY, as Angela Robinson joins Terry Slavens to share important financial information to help you live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, estate and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. It is Life Planning 101 right here on KTX KWBY. Terry Slavin's with you and joined by Angela Kennedy Robinson. Good morning, Angela. Good morning. Good Monday morning. And uh, our prayers go out first thing this morning. I know um, the New York City bombing and um, hope that everybody is safe and no one got hurt and uh, families and everything else. Make sure we we mention that first thing on the show. I know there's a lot of people rattled this morning and from that subway. So absolutely. uh, Yes. But um, we do have a great topic this morning. My brother has been out ill, um, so I didn't say, okay, well, Monday morning be ready for a radio show so um, but we are going to talk investments this morning and I actually picked a topic that um, I know he likes and it's actually perfect for this time of year because I know a lot of people towards the end of the year start reflecting on what they may want to be doing differently in the coming years or reflecting on their retirement or reflecting on some of their positions and and especially in a year that we've had crazy markets, I think it's a good time to sit down and, and reassess where you're at and make sure that things are set up appropriately. And one of the things that we often overlooked, in fact, some of the smartest people I know, um, smartest people that we work with come into our office sometimes and they've got a great idea about investing so they think. Um, and what I mean by that is when it comes to investing, if you think about it, you really have two emotions that set in. You either get excited about something or you are fearful right. about something, right? So when you're one of those two things, think about it. You are really acting on emotion. And I'll tell on myself here. So this has been a few years ago. You'll remember it when Target got hacked. Um, remember? Right. Okay. So about two weeks before that, I had been visiting Target and I found out, oh my gosh, they've got ability to be able to tell what you're buying and then they Target market you and they do that to you on your website and all this stuff. And I was like, this is incredible. They're using this system. I was like, this this is awesome. I went in and I was like, Aaron, I said, we should buy their stock. I really want to buy their stock because this looks great. And he's like, well, da, 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 telling me the numbers didn't look just great. And I said, but it's going to be over the long term. It should be good. Okay, whatever you want to do. So he put in the order for me. <laughs> it was two weeks later. <laughs> Everything <laughs> fell apart, right? And uh, I went back there and I said, so you were right on the numbers. He says, well, I bought it today. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> you know, so he was uh, he was the logical investor. Your right? loss was his game. Yes, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So, um, but you know, the truth is, is that all of us have some investment decisions that we've made at one time or another that are destructive. You just don't want to make it a pattern, right? Yeah. You don't want to learn from your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes and learn from the mistakes of others. You That's know, even it is better. And you know, the thing is, is that often we feel like we have this bulletproof vest on when it comes to investments. And well, that can't happen to me. I'm too smart for that. Well, we're all a victim to greed and fear. We're all a victim to that. And if you think that that's not you, you better be looking in the mirror and <laughs> start and find a way to get humble because it, it before it hurts too bad because people have lost fortunes 
over what we call investment behavior. And so what we're going to do today, and I actually, this is kind of fun. I went on um, this morning, Kiplinger, it's one of my favorite uh, reads. They do taxes, they do investments, and they're very non-biased. Like you, you don't get anything political. So I love it right. um, from that perspective. Um, but they have this cool little quiz. And I thought, well, why don't we walk through this on the radio show? It's only like seven questions. By the way, I missed two out of seven. So, you know, I, I think this is really, really good. And I don't want you to feel bad when I start asking questions. And Terry, you're going to be like, should I answer this? Should I? But, you know, it's a really good thing because it talks about investment behavior. And then I want to tell some stories about the three most common things that we see people do that are very destructive to their investment decisions. So we've got a lot to cover, lots of good information, you know, especially as you're sitting here reassessing where you're at with your investments or your future and goals coming into the new year. So lots to go through. Don't want to miss it here on Life Planning 101. We'll be right back. Segment two of Life Planning 101 continues here on KTX KWBY. Angela, you're going to give me a test? Uh, yes, you get a test. You get a test. And uh, don't worry. Like I said, there's eight questions. I thought there were seven. There's eight. And I missed two of the eight. So, and you know, my gosh, I work in this environment every day. So this is Kiplinger.com. And you can actually, uh, what I did was I uh, Googled investor psychology and it came up as like number two. So if you actually want to go back and do it, you can do that. But it's really good. Because, you know, even Kiplinger's uh, first sentence was emotion, not logic, usually rules investment habits. And this is so true. So here's question one. We think something is safe because everyone is doing it. This is called peer pressure, herd behavior, mental inertia, or insanity. (laughs) (laughs) I would go with peer pressure. Peer pressure. It is actually herd behavior. Really? And this is one of the things that um, we we learn. I have a, a designation called a certified retirement counselor. And retirement counseling obviously means many, many things. And one of them is, in, you know, with this investor psychologies. And this is a big one because, you know, the more people do something, the safer we tend to feel to be able to do the same thing. Okay. So let me give you an example. Remember 2000, tech stocks, right? All the rave or Enron, right? Well, everybody's doing it. Or Bernie Madoff, everybody's doing it, right? So it gets to be safer and safer to do it. But is that really, really the truth? It's not at all, right? And so I question, you know, when people talk about Bitcoin today, (laughs) more people doing it more people doing it is it a safer thing so just watch that herd behavior be very conscientious that you're not just doing something for the sake of someone else you're actually thinking for yourself and, and thinking about the real risks because it's not real okay so let's go to number two here question two which emotion do you do behavioral experts think drives people into rising markets when they see others make money excitement envy regret or optimism my gut reaction is envy envy very close regret okay very very close and you know they could be synonyms in some context right um but if you think about and I actually had someone say this to me the other day. I said, so what What do you want to accomplish? You know, I was, I was going through some of our questions and they said, well, better question would be, what do I not want to regret? Right. And I think people, they see things like Bitcoin go up thousands of percentage right. points and they think, my gosh, I don't want to regret not being a part of that. So they buy, they 
join the herd mentality. Right. And they do it, right? Well, how damaging could that actually be? Because most of the time, by the time you get to that point, it's usually already climbed a mountain right. in terms. And so, it, you know, it's kind of like me with Target. Just Your friend got in low. You're getting in high. It's, exactly. Be careful with that, right? So, number three, why do you see your investment as less risky when its value has been going up steadily? So, example, this is a, a story I had a few years ago. I had a couple come in the office, and they are not clients. Um, <laughs> I will, we, we did not hire them as clients or, or allow them to come on. We have what we call a um, yeah mutual understanding before we, we make an agreement with people, and they were not a good fit. But they'd had a stock for years and years and years and years. And the stock, they were just had always gone up steadily. It always paid a dividend, and they knew nothing was ever going to happen to it. Okay, well, let me tell you what the stock is today. And I want you to look at a two-year chart on it when you get off the radio. General Electric. And I want you to look at what's happening to General Electric. They're a specialist in nothing. They have nowhere to go. They have had lack of innovation for years. Now, this was five, six years ago when I talked to these people. They had 80% of their money in that one stock. Dad had always had it there. They'd always had it there, you know. But be very, you know, why is that? Why do people perceive that as less risky when it goes up steadily, right? Is it risk tolerance because you can learn to handle that risk? Is it greed, plain and simple? (laughs) Or is it what's most recent in your mind and it's what stands out? Most recent in your mind. That's right. It's called the recency effect. It, it, this is also very um, close to something called anchoring, and it's by what you know. Okay, so you know, based on what I know, these are the decisions I make, and I feel good about those decisions. Right. By it, right? You know, but my dad always has a, say, a saying about this about politics, and I love this. He says, "Why can't a politician just say?" Based on new information, I have come to a new conclusion. Right. Why can they not say that, right? <laughs> the same is true with investing. We feel like we should know. We have to know. We have to be. Um, we have to be the one that understands everything and has is know all and be able to make good decisions about that, right? But it's just simply not true. So, number four, human minds are hardwired to organize facts around spreadsheets love songs, PowerPoint presentations, or stories. Human minds are wired. To organize facts around A, spreadsheets, love songs, PowerPoint (laughs) PowerPoint presentations, or stories. I'm going to go with stories because that's... Okay, good. Very, very good. Yeah, and it's true. If you think about it, anytime someone tells you a story versus facts you can usually go repeat that story right okay can you repeat the facts no no you can't remember all the facts right so you know this is something that's very important because people if you think about you talk to your neighbor they bought something and it's gone up over the last 10 years what do they remember they remember that story, right? right? They remember things, but is that always what really is true? And and you have to think about, there's two biases around this. Um, there's what's called a, a relativity bias, okay? Um, relativity trap is what they call it, and that's the people that you trust. You know, maybe it's 
I always think of uh, oh, what was the show Home Improvement where he's over the fence and he's talking to his neighbor every day. <laughs> But it's somebody that he trusts, right? And because he trusts them, he feels like he should be able to rely on that information. Well, same thing goes with your family members and your friends and these people that you work with and you've known for years and years and years. But the truth is, is your situation just like theirs? No. No. And oftentimes it's very, very different. You know, you have different family dynamics. You have different future and goals. You have different debt levels. You have different credit scores. You have I mean, all things considered, it never works out that way. So why do you put so much trust in that? It's the story. It makes sense. Right. It it somehow came to to know you. This also, um, it's important to know there's another trap called a superiority trap. And what that says is because, like, let's say that um, you're a farmer, rancher. You probably trust your banker for the most part, right? And because you trust your banker for the most part, then if they tell you to go do something, then you'll probably do it. Or your CPA. You, we often see this with CPAs a lot, okay? People trust their CPA so much that they tell them not, or not to do something or to do something. Well, it's the opportunity cost of their, their lifetime that they did or didn't do that one thing. Because even though that CPA may know their business very well, do they really know anything about the analytics of investing? Probably not. Probably not. Very, very few do. I mean, just think about it. I'm admitting to you, myself, that I'm not the ones that know analytics to investing, right? Very few people are able to do that and able to comprehend it. So it's very important. So when we come back, we have four, uh, or what have we, what have we got? I haven't been keeping your score. I haven't been keeping your score. I guess that's good. Okay, you're 50-50. Okay, we got four more to go through. You don't want to miss investment behavior, and is it hurting you? Final segment. Let's get right to it, Angela. Yes. So we're talking about um, your investment decisions and can they be destructive um, based on the fact that you're using your emotions rather than logic. So we are talking about Kiplinger's little uh, eight question quiz. We've made it about halfway through with some stories intermingled in here. So here's question number five. Speculative home buyers in Las Vegas and Phoenix made a key mental mistake earlier this decade. Well, it says earlier this decade. I don't even know when this thing was written. You know, it was 2007, 2006, so this must have been written in 2010. Um, But what was it? What was it? Was it that they bought too high and were too late to cash in? Was it that they ignored obvious but important facts, such as the virtually infinite supply of land around both cities? Was it that they listened to their inner demons, now they must pay the price, (laughs) <laughs> mistake. What mistake? <laughs> I'm going to say it's B. B. Very good. That is the correct answer. So, you know, oftentimes we literally, and this this is a true bias, that you literally have a blindness to things because of your feeling to need to be right by your right. decisions, right? And, um, you know, think about in Vegas and Phoenix, there was a shortage of real estate. How is that possible? You're in the desert. There is no shortage. Build for miles. Yes, you can build for miles and miles, right? And this is often true too when people have a stock that they either inherited or they've worked at or they've always had it. They think because they've always had it, they they ignore everything that they don't want to hear about that stock and just keep going with that. Well, we've literally seen, this is no joke, we had a gentleman retire in 2007. Well, we all know what happened in 2008, right? 
Well, the company they work for, their stock price, he held, he would not sell that stock. It was about half of his portfolio. And it lost three quarters of value mm. um, in 2008. And it has yet to recover. Wow. Has, has yet to recover. Um, you know, you think about people with Enron. Um, you know, people always think, well, I've worked for that company. I know the people there. Well, I don't care what you think you know. You don't know what's going on in that accounting department. Right. You have no idea if someone's cooking the books or what's what's happening back there. And we've seen companies fall apart hand over fist time and time again. Think about General Motors. It wasn't even an accounting deal. Okay, People owned General Motors stock for years, for decades, for generations. And what happened to it? You know, so yeah. just be careful with that. Don't Absolutely. be blind. Don't be blind. Um, we, in fact, you know, when we put together a portfolio, we say we recommend never holding more than five percent of anyone's stock in someone's portfolio. And five percent because they work there, they feel feel comfortable. Feel comfortable, comfortable but it's unreasonable if right. you think about it. It's it's extremely high risk doing that. So just imagine that that goes to zero. Then what? Literally put yourself in that position. We've seen it happen. Sure. We're actually begging someone right now to, to do that, to get out of stock. So, um, And we're at the height of the market again. Scares me. I can't tell you. It keeps me awake at night, actually. So, um, <laughs> There's um, Aaron also, probably. Yeah, so yes. yeah. That's why Aaron keeps getting balder and grayer, by the way. <laughs> He's not here. I can talk about him. So question six. When we lose money, our brain reacts in the same way that it processes fear, optimism, pain or envy well i know when i lose money i feel pain bingo that is exactly right and you know the thing is is when you experience pain what's your first reaction get away from it yes. right stop the pain Ign- stop the pain it. ignore it stop well so yeah you don't ignore the pain but you see you might go get some medicine <laughs> and, and to be honest with you that might be the best course of action when it comes to your investments talk to your doctor maybe some psychology <laughs> but, um but seriously if, it, if it's too much to bear we get away from it we right. sell i mean i i think i've told this story over and over again about a lady that my dad literally got on his knees and begged not to pull out of the market and March of 2009 and her husband's sitting there begging her not to do it with her money guess what she did got out she got out and then she didn't remember doing it didn't remember doing it because our amygdala in the back of our brain is so powerful when it goes through grieving experiences and pain that it literally blacks things out it's your protection mechanism it's the way right. God built you so you think about that you you know you're you cannot think emotionally about your investments you cannot think emotionally so that gets us to question number seven which kind of sums this up what's a smarter strategy than running with the herd being a loner Staying out of the market until the direction is clear. Don't ever change or rebalance your portfolio or put all your money with one fund with one manager you like. I'm going to go with be a loner because Bingo. none of us are the same. That's right. Don't stay with the herd and no one's the same. And do your own research and think logically. You know, don't follow the herd. So, and I was wrong. This is our last one. So this one kind of sums it up. Um, okay. So you recognize yourself in some miscuous... Um, ideas that we've talked about right how can you change the investing strategy to neutralize negative impulses because that's what they are impulses right even if it's a long term it's an impulse a open a safe money account with low risk investments that you think will hold up even during another stark market crash b diversify your portfolio c practice dollar cost averaging D, hire a good financial advisor to help you avoid bad impulses, or E, all of the above? I'd say all of the above. You Bingo. want to be diversified. That's correct. Sure. And you need advice. 
Yes. Most, I mean, most everyone needs advice. Well, that sounds so relaxing and optimistic and take a deep breath, doesn't it? Yeah. After all that craziness we just talked about. Yet people don't do it because of greed, because of fear. You know, so, okay, our market's at a high right now. Really think about where you are and what's going on with your portfolio. And if you're sitting here, what do you not want to regret? And don't let it be the answer. Don't let the answer be greed. Right. Okay. You don't want to regret losing everything, I would assume. That's a lot more important than gaining more. Right. Right. You don't want to regret having to go to your wife and tell her, honey, we got to downsize. <laughs> you don't want to regret um, not being able to do the things that you enjoy doing just because of a silly investment decision. So, you know, get some help. Look at things logically. Like I said, I get help. Um, you know, it's important for us not to use our emotions when it comes to our money because no one likes losing. I, I promise you that. However, you know, it, overtly what ends up happening is that you run out of money because you either go into extreme fears or extreme greets. And it's it's not good either way. you got to have that balance in life, right? Yeah. So follow us on Twitter at KFS Life Planning and let us know, do you make emotional investment decisions? My name is Angela Robinson with Kennedy Financial Services here in Eastland, Texas. Uh, God bless everyone. Merry Christmas this month of December. Hope uh, your families are doing great and uh, you're able to have a, a wonderful Christmas with your families. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Kennedy Financial Services of Eastland. Tune in every Monday morning at 8.30 on KATX and again on Saturday morning at 9 o'clock on KATX and KWBY for more Life Planning 101. Advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Kennedy Financial Services Incorporated is an independent of Calton & Associates Incorporated. Incorporated and Smart Money Group, LLC.